and welcome everybody to the In Between Podcast. Before we get started, I just want to remind you to hit that like and subscribe button and check our blogs out at the uh, inbetweenpodcast.com. Yep. Uh, so today, I'm, I'm joined with the fam. The gang's all here today. That includes dad. And mother. Hello. I'm here. <laughs> mother is here. She's in the building. Mama in the I mean, technically it's our house, so she kind of lives here, but she's here most of the time. <laughs> yeah. So what are we talking about today, Dad? What are we talking about today? Well, um, you have a unique uh, situation here with uh, your parents, I guess, in what? that uh, both of us have uh, had some challenges, health challenges over the years. Great. Now I'll have health challenges. <laughs> Thanks. Why not? Hopefully not. Nothing like that. And so uh, we thought that uh, as we were talking about this, that it'd be great to hear your perspective on um, on what it's like to be a kid whose parents have some challenges. And we'll get into those just a little bit more as we go here, obviously, and talk about what those are. But um, before we do, we wanted to ask my wife, Amy. Uh, Mama? Yes. Daphne's mom. Uh, to join us and uh, ask her to kind of come in and t- tell her story a little bit. Um, she is a 24, 23 year 23 cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, stage four, like the worst diagnosis you can think of. That's what we had. And uh, that was 20, 23 years ago. And um, she is a walking awesomeness. Uh, <laughs> that's one way to put it uh i think i've told you on more than one occasion you're my hero it's like i can't i can't uh i can't always imagine or fathom um dealing with some of the stuff that she does still have to deal with today um but uh uh she hits it like a trooper and moves forward and and um really doesn't like that to be her, your identity at all mm-hmm. doesn't want that to be your identity at all so yeah tell us a little bit about that well, um, I was diagnosed with uh, squamous cell carcinoma when I was 23. Um, basically, had a cancer cell that wouldn't heal. And so I'd have it for about a year on and off and got to the point where I was in a lot of pain, uh, hard to eat, hard to talk, that kind of thing. So biopsy showed that it was definitely cancer. And... Um, I was stage four because uh, so many lymph nodes were involved. So um, it, uh, the prognosis was not good. Um, the first oncologist that we saw had a horrible, basically a horrible prognosis and treatment plan. And we just said no. When, and when you say yeah. horrible, the guy, I, I mean, I will never forget I wanted to take that guy out behind the building. Mm-hmm. Um, so did mom. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he 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 basically said your entire tongue was going to be removed. We're going to remove yeah. your voice box. Yeah, um, it was bad. Like you would never talk again. Yeah. You'd, you'd eat through a tube. Like yeah. it was like all the worst things that you can imagine. This was our this was our first meeting with a with a professional. Yeah, I never found him to be very intelligent sounding. You well, know, he. I think he was. I think he was in over his head, which we've had a lot of experience with uh, <laughs> medical professionals who just can't Figure deal. They don't, they don't have the 
the knowledge or the expertise to go that far. And, so. and that that being said, that that's no shot at any medical no. person, uh, even though it may sound that way if you're listening and you're <laughs> in the medical field. Mm. That we we just found that I mean, this is something that is very unique. There's not a lot of cases of it. People don't know a lot about it, and right. so. Yeah. Well, and then um, head and neck cancer has been completely unheard of, especially in someone my age. So, right. What was um, it, 1999? 1999, yeah. So um, we did get a second opinion, um, and they laid out a treatment plan, which was pretty aggressive, since I was uh, otherwise a, a pretty healthy young person. They hit me with everything they had, so that included a 20-hour surgery, where they removed half my tongue and uh, a muscle in my neck, 66 lymph nodes. I had a skin draft from my left forearm that replaced that tissue in my tongue. Um, they also pulled a vein out of my arm to hook up the blood supply. Um, this so, is Some of this is news to me. Yeah. I'm not sure you've ever actually heard it. No, um, not in that much detail. Yeah. So it was, a very, it was a major surgery. I woke up in ICU with a tracheotomy and a massive um, tracheotomy is basically a breathing hole in your neck. So Fun. it bypasses everything having to do with your nose and mouth because um, all that was swollen due to the trauma of the surgery. Um, big cast on my left arm, skin graft on my left hip. Um, and the skin graft from the hip actually covered the, some of the, the arm. Yeah, replaced yeah. the arm. Um, That's a replacement. And I had a bunch of drains in my neck because they had basically opened up my neck to do all the surgery through. So, um, spent five days in ICU. Daphne is grimacing. Five days in ICU, uh, where basically my whole time there was to make sure that the free flap had taken, so the replacement tissue in my mouth. Free flap was. is just a fancy name for the thing they took from her from her arm mm-hmm. to put into her the hole in her tongue. Yeah, free flap. <laughs> flap just means that they disconnected the blood supply and then hooked it back up. So at that point, you need to make sure that that replaced tissue is viable and is going to survive and not die. Sound like a car? Sounds like kind mechanics. Of. Yeah, it's, like, it's we just replaced the blood supply. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, just another day in the office. Yeah. <laughs> it's plumbing. <laughs> Um, so, uh, and then I got, um, changed to the, just regular hospital for five days, where basically in that time, um, before they would let me leave the hospital, I had to learn in the space of an afternoon, pretty much, (laughs) how to swallow again. Oh my gosh. Um. I didn't know that either. Because they wouldn't let me go home until I had swallowed a whole liquid meal. Seems fair. Which after yeah. 10 days of not eating and swallowing is challenging. Um, so I went home after that. And honestly, after the surgery, I think I was doing pretty good. Um, yeah. I could eat what I wanted. I could talk pretty well. Um, but unfortunately, um, they sent all of my tissues off to the lab and all of my margins were positive which meant that everything that they removed um all all the edges of it were cancerous so that means that there was still cancer cells left in my body right oh great they needed to take care of so 
I've had about six weeks to heal from the surgery, and then I started pretty aggressive chemo and radiation treatment. So radiation is uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday. You go in, get zapped. doesn't take that long, but um, it's every day at the same time, every day. So that kind of, your world revolves around that schedule. And then uh, three times during that, maybe 10 to 12 weeks of radiation, I went into the hospital and had three rounds of chemo, which was basically an IV drip over the course of two and a half days, maybe. I was going to say, I feel like we would go in the day before. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of fluids before, then the IV drip, and then lots of fluids after. So that was pretty much the treatment plan. Um, and that lasted until <clears throat> the end of February, I would say, yeah. <clears throat> of that following year. Um, and then I was just sick. For right. a long time, uh, recovering from the treatment. So um, that was that was that was pretty much my cancer experience in in a nutshell. That was cancer in a nutshell. That's right. <laughs> and that was uh, a da- nutshell? Daphne, how much how much of that? Um, you said as I'm sitting here watching you, I'm watching your face, and like there's some of that you definitely uh, you're aware. Mom had cancer, but you how much of that are you not aware? Like that went on. Well, I thought, I thought it was like all in the same, like go. I didn't realize that like the surgery was like only the first part of it. I thought it was like the surgery, then chemo is like you know make sure it's all gone kind of thing, yeah. which it is. But like, it was all like your cancer, like it's gone. Oh wait, no, it's not. Yeah. Do this well, I'm now. not sure. I really thought that it was gone after the surgery. Well, yeah, they, th- they, they, I, were, they were pretty confident that they were only going to get part of it and then that we, there would be a see, chemo that's and radiation what I that would follow the up. The surgeons even said when they got in there and looked at everything, they could see it yeah. all along my veins, all along my muscles. So everywhere they looked, it was there in yeah. places that they just couldn't get it out. So That's kind of crazy. Like, yeah. Like, not right? cool, but like... Interesting. Right. The idea that you could open someone up and see Ugh. the cancer. Oh, no. No, no. Stop that. But I think it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, and still to this day, you will sit down and watch surgery shows. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> the amount of, like, I remember as, like, a little kid watching, like, I always wanted to watch the shows with you because I was like, I'm a mature big girl. I'm going to be like mama, you know? And then she would watch, like, Bones. I wanted to vomit. Every, I was five, and uh, she was watching. And bones these. is nothing on some of those surgeries. Oh that my gosh! Watch. If I if if they have a recording of my surgery, oh. I would watch it in heartbeat. I want to know. Oh. I want to know what they oh. did. Why? I think it all made sense of how horrible I felt afterwards. This sums up like mother entirely. Oh. Like she's just like, oh, let's go watch somebody be opened up. Like what? It's fascinating to me what they can do. To people, and then people come out like okay, <laughs> on the other side. Like it's just surgery is still, in essence, pretty barbaric. You know, with yeah. all the technology we, we've that talked we about have. that on more than one occasion. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy, but yeah. So, so how much of your tongue did they actually remove? I mean, obviously, you just said forearm. Yeah. They, there's a lot of forearm on people. Like, yeah. Um, and so that was part of the process of surgery that we weren't real sure about going in um depending on how much of my time they had to remove that depended on where they were going to take the replacement tissue so your time really goes so they just 
like they didn't know it? they they named it they so, wung it well there, there were three places they said they could take it from oh depending God. on how much tissue they, <laughs> they needed they didn't know yeah so your tongue goes pretty far down your throat so your tongue is a lot longer than what you can actually see um, and so, for those of you who can't see right now, Daphne is now sticking her tongue out to see how long it is. <laughs> so basically, what they took out was about fifty percent of the middle of my tongue. So if you pretty much the whole part that's in your mouth, other than the very tip, um, they took out a major. Wait, so they just like cut out the middle and then put the tip back on? No, they, the tip was still attached. They didn't go all the way across. Oh, yeah. oh! So they, they basically like cut, cut a big a... U shape out of the side of her tongue, is yeah. what they did. And when I say big U shape, it, it is—it's almost like a majority of it. It is a majority of it. So the fact yeah. that you're actually talking to us with arm in your mouth, yeah, is, is crazy. Ooh, oh, crazy. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who has ever chewed bubble yum, bubble gum? <laughs> That's what it felt like when I woke up from surgery. Like you—you had... you put the whole package in your mouth. Yeah. If you remember as kids? Yeah. Oh, That's... why would you do that? Wait, you mean why like not? The, you mean like the pink stuff? Yeah, the, yeah. Like the, the, the... Big league chew or whatever it was yeah. called. Yeah, yeah. It, oh. it felt like he's having way too much, too much in there. Daphne Offney obviously um, having a mom that uh, has cancer has had an effect on you. Some of it you realize, some of it you don't, right? I honestly thought I lived pretty normal compared to other people. Yeah, because mom, for the most part, really is pretty normal outside of some food challenges and things like that. That's really the only part you ever see, right? Except for the part where the one time we were leaving work for work in school one morning and she just goes she sits in the car and she goes I forgot my teeth <laughs> <laughs> that was something yeah. I never thought I'd hear that, that's happened a couple times <laughs> for those who don't know she has like a a pencil yeah a pencil that thing yeah. in the top only the top right yeah and that really has been uh, helpful our, our biggest our, one of our biggest challenges right long term challenges yeah is, is the dental part dental. not necessarily uh, anything else Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, uh, I know you didn't really know that much about this particular cancer until when? I would say, I think it was, oh my gosh, all of my science class years, like in middle school blended together into one big nightmare. Um, it was probably seventh or eighth grade. I think it was seventh though. And we had to do an assignment on a cancer. And I'm pretty sure I had been gone. Like, I had missed a couple days or something like that. And I had gotten back, and I had to, like, jump right into this big project that I was going to have to present myself. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what cancer I could get the most information about. So I was like, okay, Mom, what cancer did you have? You know, because we also had to have an example of, like, someone who had experience of it or something like that. Or, like, a... Uh, like a celebrity or someone who was popular or well-known. And sadly, you were not popular or well-known, but I was like, you're my mother and you're cool. So like, I don't really care. She can take all the points off she wants, but. uh, She didn't take points off for that, did she? No. Because I cried afterwards. (laughs) She felt bad for me. (laughs) I 
remember doing research and I was like looking it up because I never actually, I knew that you had the skin graft and I knew that you had like problems talking and eating, but I didn't realize the like level of what you went through at the time. Yeah. And like how much like scarred, like trauma and stuff that it left. How damaged I was after this. Not like, not like <laughs> mentally, but like physically, you know? No, I'm the one that was mentally yeah, damaged. Yeah, dad was the mentally damaged one. Mom's just like, eh, whatever. Um, but I remember looking at one website because I had to look up the like survival rate or something like that. And I was doing specifically stage four, I remember. And it was, I looked up the year because there was like a whole graph that I could look at on the website. And yeah. it was like... 1999, 19% chance survival rate at stage four. Right. And I was all like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Think, well, and, and at that time, for, for her, uh, well, for anyone, mm-hmm. most of the time that cancer was in, in older, old people. Older men. Uh, older men who smoked or, or drank a lot, right? Yeah. I, I remember reading that specifically on say It was like, yeah, and they usually either died in the process of having the cancer, especially if it was stage four, or they lived really jacked up for like not very long afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, am I sure I'm, I'm researching the right thing? Like, did I look it up right? And I was like, oh, well, okay. So I kept doing the presentation. And then I went up there and like started talking about my mom and like all of my classmates. I just remember the look on all of their faces like, they all just looked so, like, depressed. And, like, they felt bad from Because none of them knew that before then. Because I never talked about it. Sure. And it happened before I was born. So I was like, eh. And then I remember one kid asked me specifically, like, so, like, if she died, you wouldn't be here? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> They're like, you're a miracle child. And I'm like, sure, yeah. I guess you can think of it like that. But it was weird because, like, all of my classmates like felt really bad for me. And a lot of kids actually asked me about it afterwards. I remember I had one friend who um, it it got brought up again or something. And she was like, oh my gosh, I thought your mom was dead. And I was like, no, my mom isn't dead. (laughs) It's like, thank goodness my mom isn't dead. But you know, (laughs) like I didn't realize, because like in my mind, it wasn't that weird. Like, I thought it was really normal, and I always thought you looked very normal. Mm-hmm. But, like, some of my friends, sometimes they'd be like, is your mom sick? Or, like, is your mom, like, like is she, does she have, like, a eating problem? Mm-hmm. Or, like, because you, you're really thin, right? Yeah. yeah. I always thought it was normal, but, because, like, I'm like, oh, my mom is gorgeous, you know? But people are like, oh, is she sick? Or, like, I'm like, nope, she's great. Like, my mom's awesome. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, bro. But it was just weird because I never thought it was different. Sure. Because I, I grew up with it. And I was like, oh, this is totally normal. And when I talk about it, people feel really bad for me. Like, I went through it, but I didn't. Like, it's just a story I'm passing down. Like, it's completely normal for me. And, so, and yeah. it's, it's interesting, too, because I think, at least for me as a parent, it's, it's I never not, think of you not going through it, right? Yeah. But you didn't go through it. I didn't go through it. Yeah. Like, there's no, I have no trauma. Like, I don't have, if anything, you're the one with the trauma. <laughs> 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 I 
I don't think, I don't even think mom has as much trauma as you do. Well, from it's that. it's funny. I mean, you say that like as she's telling the story, like I I like I'm sitting here getting nervous. Like yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of reliving it a little bit. Um, we talked to a, some uh, a couple that's having the same kind of challenges right now. Just the other night on the phone, same thing. Mom's like fine with it. I'm sitting here sweating like crazy. Uh, oh, and that movie too. We went and saw. I don't know if anybody has seen it already, but the newest Thor movie Thor was movie. rough. Where oh, Jane lo- Love and Thunder. Oh yeah. Did you watch that? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! I was so glad you weren't there in the theater because, like, I was looking over. I thought he was going to start crying. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is like the exact same thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, let's leave, please. I will say that Hollywood depictions of any type of cancer are hilarious to me because <laughs> they're not the same. I mean, the actresses may have some dark circles under their eyes, you know, like they're not well made up, they look tired, you know, and like it's so, I mean, it's just so much worse than that. <laughs> To the point where I feel like in polite company, I I would never tell anybody how bad it was. Yeah. Um, right. Because, exactly. Because uh, people don't have any. Well, they don't have any context for it. Um, and when you tell, sometimes when you tell factual information like that, that's so extreme, they think you're just being gross. You know, and I'm like, no, I'm not. It was gross. There were parts of it that were gross. Yeah. Um. And horrible and like well, it's, offensive. It's not right? pretty. I don't it's know not why people pretty. expect it to be like a pretty. It's thing. it's not just like you look tired. Hollywood kind of <laughs> glorifies it a little bit, sure. and it should not be. Sure. But I will say there there was one Hollywood depiction of cancer um, that I did see that was about as close as I think you could get to somebody acting who had who didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um. It's, um, I believe the movie was Hullwit, W-I-T, and I believe Emma Thompson was the actress, and it was pretty extreme. Um, she had a completely different type of cancer than I did, but it was the only thing that came, I think, came close to showing the horror of it. Yeah. Um, and I think in addition, uh, I didn't have this personally, but she was going through it all alone. So that really added a whole um, emotional um, component to it that was extremely sad to watch. But um, that's the closest I've ever seen uh, of anything. Um, that it, I think any time that you're, uh, especially as an adult, uh, where you can um, remember and process what you're going through uh, when you're a patient in a hospital long term there's some sort of a dehumanization process that occurs to some degree uh, where I mean and the medical personnel as as much as they attempt to treat you as an individual and treat you as a human being they're also in perfection mode because they deal with us every day sure. right so they have to process it yeah. on a, even a, a bigger scale than we do because it's just happening to me. I'm the only thing I'm, you know, processing. And they have so many patients mm-hmm. and, like, people have mental issues for right. that. So they have to, like, block it out. They have of. to find a way to deal with it. Um, 
And so I think no matter how hard they try to treat you like a person and a human being, you're still kind of a a case number to some degree. Um, And I was at a teaching hospital, so every time the doctor came in to check on me, there were 10. There were 10 people in the room. So, yeah. And they all wanted to see mm-hmm. in your mouth. It was like, oh my gosh, that's oh, yeah. weird. And they all asked me repeatedly, "You've never smoked? You've never? Are, you've never smoked?" I don't know how many times I answered that question. Yeah, Daphne said just a second ago. Uh, she goes, "Like I'm like a miracle. I know. Okay, that like we've we've little... we've said that before. It's like, yeah, yeah." It, One of the main side effects of the chemotherapy that I had was that it could send you into early menopause. So, I could have been messed up. Mm-hmm. I could have been, like, deformed. We talked about that, too. Yeah. Okay, no offense to anybody who is. I'm sorry, but, like, I'm very normal-looking, right? I, well, I, I mean, I, ish. Excuse you. <laughs> Jeez. I don't really have any health problems. I don't have... No. Uh... Like, well, I think that was the big yeah. concern, and that's why we waited so long. I just have dysfunctional joints. Um, <laughs> that's because I do jujitsu. Um, we definitely waited five years so that I could be um, determined cancer free, mm-hmm. and then uh, we waited another three years beyond that is when I actually got pregnant with you. So, so we know from over the years in telling the story to people mm-hmm. that it does not get very good. Reactions. Well, I mean, it's heavy, right? I mean, yeah, it, and, it is. And, People don't uh, know how to deal with it. Sure. They like, don't understand how we deal with it. Right. Yeah. And we live in a pretty hopeful. Normal. State. Mm-hmm. So how, how does how does that play out in your in your daily, weekly, monthly life um, that you you do look forward to with hope? Well, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. Um, AJ's constantly asked me through our marriage how I don't get, uh, you know, down by my circumstances. How how it, and I I I think that just like everyone, I have my moments where I'm discouraged. Um, for me, it tends to come out in anger, <laughs> um, more than anything. <laughs> Aggressive cleaning. <laughs> <Yeah>. My therapy. <laughs> Which is fair. Um, you gave that to me. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, for a lot of the time, my my response to that was, I don't have time to be depressed by my circumstances. I have things to do. I have a child to raise. I have, you know, things that I want to do with my life. Um, and I, I just don't have time to let that, you know, bog me down or hinder me. I think as I've gotten older, I'm obviously Daphne's 15 now, a lot of the child rearing and a lot oh. of my attention with her. I mean, a lot of that is, not that I'm done being a mother, but a lot of the intensive part of it is over. So no, you're not done. <laughs> You'll never be done. I, um, I think that, you know, we've always found our hope and our faith in that, you know, like we were talking to the couple the other night, God tells us that uh, in this world you will have trouble, so there's no guarantee. Um, 
that if you do everything right in your life, that it will be smooth sailing. I think that's one of the things that would make me really angry when I was younger because I would say um, to God, I would say, I did everything right, you know? I uh, I was a good student, I was a good daughter, um, I was um, a healthy person, I didn't abuse my body, I didn't... Um, I didn't do off horse, I didn't do off the rails, I didn't rebel, you know, I, I, I finished college and high school, I had good dreams, I did all the things that I was supposed to do, you know, um, I uh, met a great guy and I married him and I did all that right. Um, <laughs> Ooh, say that again. Yeah. <laughs> she won't. I did everything right, you know, like that was my big argument, I did everything right. You know, I was a good person, I was a good Christian, I was, I did all the right things, I made all the right decisions, and this still happened to me. Um, and I think that's where people get stuck. Um, For sure. Because some people say, it, it's two sides of the point, either they say, I did everything right, this still happened to me, why? It's not fair. Or they say, Oh, because of these bad decisions that I made, now I'm paying the price. Which could, could be a reason. Has there circumstances? Choices consequences. have consequences, yeah. sure. But you I just don't... bad choices, especially right. with your health. Right. I just don't think that's how... I don't think God looks it down on us from heaven and says, okay, this person, you're going to have this because you did this. And you know what? This person, they did, they did fine, but I'm still going to give them this. That's not, I mean, we live in a fallen world. And bad stuff happens all the time to all kinds of people. Um, and I was telling even the couple the other night, I, I wouldn't be the person I am today if I hadn't been through this. I don't, I don't know what the difference would have been. You know, like, I would I have been better? Would I have been worse? I don't know. Um, but I have to look at what I can see um, in hindsight and then looking ahead. I have to, I have to look at the thing uh, where I guess because it was such an unknown entity at the time, right. um, I kind of have to be in the ground floor of something that I get to tell people about and commiserate with people about, and I get to share my story, and it impacts people to this day. I'll never know how fully that impact, how full that impact is, or how great that impact is until you know eternity, I guess. But um, and then I I look further and say, you know, in a lot of ways, there are still issues that I'm going through, but I can still. Um, either share with people. Um, I can share with doctors. Yeah. Because um, you know we're still running into doctors that have never heard of this and don't know how to treat it or deal with it or um, you know the the main thing about dentists and doctors is they want to be able to treat you and fix you and I am not fixable. Yeah. There's just some aspects of me that are not fixable. Um, yeah, and that's a hard that's a hard re- reality to wrap your brain around, especially in this world of technology where everything seems to be fixable. Right. Yeah. Um, well, not everything is fixable. And like, you just went to Texas. Like, 
And yeah. then we go to a dentist yeah. in Texas yeah. for, what, six visits? I only went on one of them. Oh, <laughs> I think there were a lot more than six. But I, uh, <laughs> That's how many I remember, like, <clears throat> counting. Yeah. I didn't even know half the time that you were going. So. Because it, because the, the, that guy was a spe- or is a specialist, and there's only mm-hmm. a few of them in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but like even in, then, in yeah. dental oncology, which we didn't even know was a thing until yeah. three years ago. Thank goodness we found him. Yeah, yeah. But even then, like you still have issues. Like it's yeah. not it's not completely. And fixed. I will continue I to have will. issues until the day I die. Yeah, it's just which sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like, and I mean oh, well. it. I mean, yeah, I could bother with it, and I could say, dang it, this isn't fair, and it's still going on, and it's been 23 years, and when's it going to be over? Well, it's not. This is yeah. my life. And so. there and there are some days when we do wallow in it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I mean. <laughs> some days are worse than others. We wouldn't be human. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, you just do what you have to do at the time, and then you live your life the best you can, and and I, uh, so for you, Daphne, have you watched that play out? Like for us, do you see us as being like, um, hopeful or like not deterred by life circumstances? Honestly, you're some of the happiest people I know because like, I, I don't know why I was thinking about this while you were talking about like all the trips you've been on, like you were well-traveled people. Right. I mean- we also know Aunt Sis, who is well traveled <laughs> to an extent not even fathomable by me. <laughs> right. But like you've been so many places and you're like, Yeah, let's go here, let's go there. Like it's I don't know. It's, mm. So is that hope? <laughs> I, I don't know. Hope? I don't know. I just like <laughs> like you 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 work every day and you like work hard and you're like, Yeah, let's get this done. Yeah. But like you also Give yourself a break. Like, you actually live your life, which some people don't do. Like yeah. They're just like, oh, work, 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 work. I'm going to do all this, and I'll be successful, and blah, blah, blah. And they, like, overwork themselves and get obsessed about it. And, and, I, and I think... almost happened to you. You worked <laughs> a lot. That's true. That's but, true. like, now that I know that, like, especially when we first moved here, I was like, put your, put your computer away. Because you would come home and it'd be like 8 o'clock and you're still working on your computer. I'm like, put it away. I will smash it. <laughs> put it down. Turn your phone off. Yeah. Like, let's do something, you know? Yeah. Which is, I think it's funny that I understand that now. Well, I, th- I think it's interesting. Uh, there's two things with that. And we haven't gone into the fact that I had a pretty major heart attack uh, the, oh. the year that you were born. And yeah. we won't get into that in it's depth on this particular fine. podcast today. But... Um, uh, I did have an 80% blockage with a uh, with a stent and uh, uh, LAD. So that's the widow maker for those of you who, who are familiar with that. Great. Almost both my parents died. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, But I had a se- severe weight problem at that time. Not, I shouldn't say severe, but I had a, I, you, you know. You were a little floofy. I could two-fist donuts easily, <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. Uh, and uh, and I, as a little kid, I never thought you were fat. And when you look back at the photos, like, it's... It's crazy. Like, got, people don't believe that it's me. Um, and and even you say that, I didn't think he was fat either. I never <laughs> thought of him as fat. I, ne- I don't even Which is mind-boggling to me because I used to see myself in the mirror. Come on Oh, now. my gosh. Sometimes when I look at you, especially, like, on one of our last trips in Portland, you were walking in front of me. I was like, 
He's skinny. He's tiny. And and in my mind, this is interesting too. In my mind, no, in my mind, I'm still a fat guy, which is crazy. You have the mentality of a fat guy. Yeah, you do. It's like something you can never shed, or at least I haven't been able to so far. But anyway, um, my point in saying all of that is is that um, I think that those things combined with Actually, when we moved here, that was a that was a major change too. Obviously, major life change in everything. But 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 when that happened, I think it 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 forced forced both of us to look really, especially me, look really hard and go, what is really valuable in life, mm-hmm. right? What what's the what's the number one thing? And um, before that, you know, I I know that I'd written down goals and values and all those sorts of things, but there was a point when I moved here that that. When I sat down, I was like, these are the top things that are really important to me, and I'm going to make them the priority of my life. It's God first, is my family second, and then everything else comes after that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can keep those things in that order, your life is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, even through physical challenges and health challenges. I mean, we've been able to do these things, yeah. even though they suck. I mean, they really have sucked at times. Mm-hmm. But we can do these things, and we've done them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, the, the fact that we can sit down and have these kind of conversations, that we sit down, you know, as a as a family and figure things out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times when we sit down at the counter and like, okay, this is, what are we, we going to do? This is the plan going moving forward. Let's get, all get on the same page. Yeah. Um, it, it's those kind of things that I think have actually made a life life to the full. Yeah. As the guys from Sequel would say. Well, and I would like to say too that we never really talk about the financial component of all of this. Um <laughs> because Ooh. even one of these things, you know, my cancer, your heart attack, my dental expenses, even one of those things could have completely sunk a family financially. Yeah. Right? Especially yeah. Um, then you think about just my surgery, that just 20 hours of surgery oh was gosh. over. I, I don't even know how to calculate what it was, to be honest with you. Too much. At one point, I thought that I knew, but I don't think I made them close. Yeah, well, they originally, uh, the lady that was at the insurance place had told us that it was around $130,000 for the day. For that 20 for, hours. For that yeah. 20 hours. But yeah. we're not sure that included everything. Yeah, um, yeah. That may have just been the operating anyway, room. And, and again, that was, tw- that was 23 years hours. ago. Yeah. Um, but I, my point is that we are not in debt. Yeah. In any, like even your college, both of your colleges paid off, right? We don't have any debt. No, we don't have any debt. We've had our cars paid off for the last, I don't even know how long. <laughs> we don't even, we want to buy new and cars I'm not, because. I'm not saying that that is due to like stellar financial um, <laughs> yeah. um, organization. No, it 100% goes to God. Absolutely. Yeah. We, I, we, we say that all the time. Even in our poorest days, when we were just married and you always had dealing just with all this, we never, we've never been late on a bill because we didn't have money. Yeah. Um, we've, now, we've put some things on credit cards. Um, sometimes we, intentionally. Yeah. Um, but we'd always have a plan to have it paid off so yeah. that it didn't negatively financially impact our 
a family. And, and a good example of that in particular is like with, with the dental work that we just yeah. recently did. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people may be going, well, why would you put it on a credit card? Well, so I think the one bill was going to be $8,000. We put it on a credit card. We knew that we didn't want to, we could have paid it, but then yeah. we would have been kind of challenged with that. So we immediately moved it to a zero interest credit card, yeah. which you pay a small fee for and have six to eight months to pay it off. And we've used that kind of thing intentionally right. over the years mm-hmm. uh, just to just to keep everything liquid and yeah. um, and and keep keep the bills where they need to be and because those were the those were the things that they knew about right right if you know about certain things you can may have planned to pay them off it's the the things that pop up right you know you wreck your car, you break a leg, you know, you're off for None six of us have done, I don't think. Um, those that you want to have the, the liquid funds to take care of right then, and uh, we've never been in a position where we have nothing for those emergency yeah. things. Yeah. So um, I just want to kind of throw that out there that, um, that all that credit goes to job and his provision for us because we have never I mean sure there's things that we've done without sure because they were not important at the time maybe we wanted them or we wanted to go somewhere or we wanted to fly home more often from Michigan or something like that but um, I think when all said and done we we came through it financially very healthy which is another miracle in itself yeah a life well lived um, for us is to honor God with your life and um, and just to trust him through the good times and through the bad times. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of farming references in the Bible. And uh, <laughs> there is one reference in particular where the Bible says, uh, rain falls on the just and the unjust. And that's really, I think, what you described just a minute ago, um, is that, you know, it doesn't always seem right or fair or any of those things. And, and trust me, Amy and I both have had those times whenever we've, we've questioned God why, um, and we've let our frustrations out, but he's also big enough to handle those. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just want you to know, as you're listening today, um, I want you to be encouraged. I, I know that um, the topic that we have discussed here is a heavy one. And cancer is not something that anybody ever wants to talk about uh, because it's a it's a word that we fear uh, and and probably rightfully so um, because of of what it can bring. But I also want you to know there's a, there is a lot of hope. And even you know Amy's cancer was 23 years ago. Uh, we just recently watched a a uh, a chef story out of Chicago where he had the same cancer, dealt with some of the same issues. And his treatment was, while it was bad, it wasn't nearly as bad as what Amy had to go through. And um, and things have changed over the years. We we have another friend who recently just had stage four cancer, went through surgeries and all that treatment, and um, and he's cleaned up. He's good. So there is a lot of hope. And so I, do, I don't want anybody listening to this or uh, and, and walking away going, oh, man, that's terrible. Like, why would they share this story? We share this story because... Uh, there is life after cancer, and there is um, there is all there is life to be lived to the full, uh, regardless of what situation you're in, and regardless of the limitations that you have. Because Amy does have some. There's no question about that. Um, but um, there is a there is a lot of hope in it all. So, if you got questions, uh, we are 
more than happy to answer those. You can put uh, any questions that you have in the comments and you can also uh, go to our website in between podcast.com and, and um, you can email us there. There's a place that you can do that. Well, thank you everybody for listening today. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button and we will see you guys later. Enjoy your day.